Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield, and I'm recording this intro right after recording today's episode, which is loaded and truthfully one of like the most vulnerable episodes I think that I've ever recorded. You're going to hear a lot in this episode. You're going to hear all about my working relationship with Jordan, how we parent together. The working part of like us working together definitely takes a big chunk of takes up a big chunk of this podcast episode. And we talk a lot about our vulnerabilities, our strengths, um, what we're working on. And it's loaded now that I'm like thinking about it. And I just wanted to say, like, please take this episode for, you know, for what it is. Please try not to judge either of us. Like the point of us sharing this episode is because I know that when I share my own vulnerabilities and feelings, it does resonate with a lot of people. And even if like my frame of mind or how I think doesn't resonate with you, just please know, like, I don't think that I have it all. Like, I don't think that how I think is perfect. I don't think how I think is the only way. And while like that does come up in this episode, it's something that I'm personally trying to work on. And Jordan's working on his himself. And we're, you know, just over here trying to be the better version of ourselves each and every day. So I don't want to make this intro too long because this episode is about an hour. But I hope you enjoy and I look forward to hearing what you think. Please feel free to message me, like share the episode if you're listening rate and review it on iTunes and Spotify. No further words for me and talk soon. I am over the top excited to share today's podcast sponsor with you because it is something I consume every single day and I recommend it to so many of my friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Element. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't need, like sugar, which is in so many of these electrolyte mixes. Element contains science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is why it really works. It has 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and a 60 milligrams of magnesium. You know my obsession with magnesium. There's no junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial anything like so many of these other electrolyte mixes out there. I started drinking this while I was pregnant for hydration, and Jordan also got hooked on it too. Now I have it daily for nursing, and I swear by it. My personal favorite flavors are the watermelon, which tastes like a Jolly Rancher, orange, and the citrus, but you can't go wrong with really any. It's totally risk-free to try it, and if you don't like it, you could share it with a friend and they'll give you your money back, no questions asked. Plus, anyone listening to this can get a free sample pack with your purchase with my link. DrinkLMNT.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. This is a great way for you to try all the flavors, and it comes with one of each, so you can try everything and see what your favorites are too. They also have an unflavored one if flavored beverages aren't your thing. This offer is exclusive for my community, so you won't find this available anywhere else. Let me know if you try it and what your favorite flavors are. And again, the link is drink, D-R-I-N-K, element, L-M-N-T dot com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. And I'm linking to everything in the show notes too to make it even easier. I like really don't miss this place being a parking lot. It's so annoying. It's Rachel's least favorite season, the back to school season. Well, no, no. I love back to school season because like I still get giddy inside and like who doesn't want their kids to, you know, be in school for, for a day. But where we live, there's no parking lot for the elementary school. And we live on the same street as the elementary school. So our street like full on turns into a parking lot. 
You know what you can do? We During ta- the school season. We could take our cars and park them on the street to block the... We should, but then I'm nervous that our cars are going to get like damaged because there's like so much traction between people walking them in. So during pickup and drop off, it's a it's a mob scene over here. And then, in addition to that, like teachers and the staff like have to park in front of our house because they have nowhere to go. Like yesterday, I was backing out of the driveway and the car was like not by the curb, and it was actually challenging to like get out of the driveway. Like it was mm. just obnoxious. Yeah, no, it is a definitely a pain in the butt. And because we bought our house during COVID. Oh, yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know. The street was always empty. Yeah. So I guess like when we sell our house in a few years, you know, we put the podcast. Sell in the summer. We want to buy it. Yeah, I know. We do have to listen. I mean. Which is the best time of year anyways, but. But like we're always here and pretty active. So like it matters to us. But a lot of people might not care as much during the day. Oh, that's so true. Because most yeah. people don't work from home. And most importantly, most people don't work with their their spouse. Oh, that, I, see that transition? Wow. See Rachel. what I did there? You should be, you should host your own podcast. That was a good transition. That was a good transition. Actually, that really was a good transition. I'm not going to lie. It was, but now, now you ruined it by <laughs> talking about it. You know, you got to find the little wins in life these days and enjoy them. You know? Wow, you're so spiritual. So how do we want to do this? We have two two buckets of topics. Bucket number one, working yeah. together. Bucket number two, parenting. Um, all right, so let's do working together. Okay, so working... So this podcast episode is all about Jordan and I working together and parenting together. And... The lack of advice that we have. A lot of togetherness. (laughs) There's a lot of togetherness. Um, So for, I guess, you know what? Let me just give a brief background on like, not like a long story, but like you and I. So we've been together for 13 and a half years, married for eight, over, it'll be eight years when the podcast comes out. And I'm assuming you know us if you are listening to this, but we have three kids. And for the last two years, Jordan has worked with me. Just so people know, like, we've been together since we were 19. And I actually think the two-year anniversary was, like, last week. I didn't get, like, a cupcake. <laughs> I mean, we didn't stop fighting for the last, like, month. So, I don't think you were going to get a cupcake. You're still employed. So, let's oh. just call that as <laughs> the... the <laughs> okay, and that wraps up the working together section. Yep. Okay, huh? so... Number one, what made Jordan quit his other job and join you full time? Jordan? That would be me. Um, oh, man, I have a sign from me. I said, don't say like and um, and here I go. Anyway, so about, so it is two years and a couple of weeks after joining you. But I would say probably going back like before COVID, I've been working in accounting, operations, and finance in the hedge fund space for the last decade or so. Never like fully felt fulfilled, I guess. And there was definitely something missing that was really like giving me motivation or drive and like really enjoying what I was doing. And I get it. No one actually probably all the time loves what they're doing, but I never felt like I was in this great environment where I was growing and thriving. And then I think during COVID being home, And then getting like a glimpse into how Rachel worked and, you know, more or less was thriving in some ways that really seemed like she was enjoying what she was doing, you know, maybe not every day, but like more often than not. And then I think Rachel also got to see an insight into me and how I worked 
and was just sort of like calling me out in terms of like how unhappy I was in a lot of ways. And at that same time, um, we had Brody or you were pregnant or Brody was just born. Pregnant with Brody. Wait, no, Brody was here. He was here because then I remember we went away with my parents. Remember Brody was like four months old. We went to the Hamptons. That was like. Yes. Oh, yes. But I'm saying this was like before Brody, you like got a glimpse into how I was. Oh, I mean, yeah, for the last 13 years, I've gotten a glimpse. Right, but like during COVID, you really got like a firsthand look. And then, you know, as you had Brody and he was an infant, you sort of realized like, holy crap, I've been doing this by myself for six, seven years at that point. And like for you to be able to really continue doing what you were doing and, you know, get to be the mom you wanted to be you need to hire someone into your business. I think it just sort of like serendipitously happened that like we came to that conclusion like, oh, wow, you're going to need someone. I'm not really that happy with what I was doing. Like maybe it's a good time to make a change. And I think that was like pretty much how it sort of went down well, from the from the on start. Yeah. And I mean... I got a glimpse into like your day-to-day life and like what you weren't happy with, but like at the larger picture and like, you know, I like having more, I don't know if like intellectual is the right word, but I like having like deep conversations. And like, anytime I would ask you like what you want to do in the future and like what your career path looks like and like what makes you happy and what doesn't, you never wanted, you didn't want to do what your current boss was doing. And so I just, we mutually felt like you weren't setting yourself up for success because, you know, the next step in most corporate jobs is you you work at your, in your position, then one day you get promoted or you can do like, you know, obviously like an internal like transfer of departments, whatever, but typically you do one day what your boss is doing and you looked at your boss and you didn't really enjoy what he was doing. So I think that you just didn't really know what you wanted to do. And then when we were, so once you came to that conclusion at first, it wasn't just go, we weren't like, Oh, Jordan will come work with, with, within my business. It, we, you contacted like a lot of people to like ask around, like it wasn't just from like your job to my, to my brand. And I want people to understand like, it took like about a year. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like, (laughs) it was a long time of Jordan really not being happy and trying to see what he wanted to do and like talking to other startups. And like, that's how we connected with Lalo because you had reached out to see if they were hiring and Kiva and in Kiva. And like, that's, I think how you really got your toes wet in this space and the startup space was when you were not happy at your job and didn't know what you wanted to do. And you wanted to go work at a startup. And after bit of time of just not seeing traction there. I remember going for a walk, like my morning walk. I was on the phone with my, she wasn't my manager at the time, but like my, um, like my first manager that I had talent manager that I had, and we were just catching up, like saying, Hey, and she was asking me questions. And I just said like, yeah, I definitely need to hire someone soon. And I don't know if she asked me if I should hire you or like she said something, but I came back from that walk and I remember just walking straight into our Jordan's desk was set up in our bedroom because it was still during the pandemic. And I remember walking into our room and just saying to you, I think maybe you should like consider quitting your job and helping me. Like I need someone 
to help support my business and help it grow, maybe we could do this together. And Jordan's like pretty go with the flow in most things. Like if I was like, let's go here for dinner or like, let's plan. I we just booked a trip to Nashville. He's like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Like he just goes like, okay, great. And I'm pretty sure you're like, all right, like, let's talk about it. And from there, he help, was helping me, but still working at his job for like a couple of months. And then I got to the point where like, that just like, wasn't going to be feasible anymore. So then you had given your notice and then you started working with me and then it's been, yeah, two years. So I feel like that's like a good yeah, in-depth background. And I, within my brand, it was just me and then my a talent manager and a coordinator that comes with the talent manager that helps with like, you know, a lot of the day-to-day logistics of my brand partnerships. And I needed someone else to, to help me and to help, to help the biz grow. So that's the background. The next question. So what are your actual jobs? So a breakdown of tasks and responsibilities um, within the Rach L Mansfield business. I actually think that like, I, I know I re- I'd be like, read through the questions where I actually think I should have like written down something. Cause like, I'm going to forget something that we do. So I guess, so my role as the founder of my business is face of the brand. <laughs> like, I do all of the content creation recipe ideation. Um, so all recipe testing, shooting videos, photos, editing photos, writing blog posts, all my brand partnership content. Like I shoot all of that content. Uh, what else do I do? I mean, I literally do so many, I could do every, like, well, yeah, I mean, you do a little bit of everything, but I think like the main things that you focus on are yeah, like, con- are like content, content creation. creation. Right. Okay. Those are like, like you're like two. the mastermind behind the look and feel of pretty much everything that we and like create. All ideation and innovation like really comes from like just me having a random idea. Like I wanted to write a cookbook, so I wrote a cookbook. I wanted to start investing, so we started investing. I want to start a podcast, so I started a podcast. Like I'm always thinking like what's next. Um, and we'll get to like where I'm at now with what's next, but I, yeah, that's, I guess my, my like head honcho, like head person of everything, like pitch, like working very closely with my management team. Like who are we pitching to? This is who I want to work with. Like, can we reach out to this brand? I want to be doing this. Yeah, I know, but that all like falls under the content creation, no? I know, but I don't think that like everyone really understands. I think that people look at an influencer and they're like, oh, that's like a, they, you literally just like open your phone and start talking to your Instagram account. There's just like a lot of intricacies that go involved. Like every time you see an influencer working with a, a partnership, like there's a lot of time and energy that goes into that beforehand and content and the back and forth and oh, like pitching ideas and like shooting content and the like there's I go back and forth with brands with my team all day which I'm not going to get into because like that's you should have you should have made a list of this <laughs> right I know all I keep thinking of things but I guess you know chief chief Rachel and Jordan I'm actually curious like you probably wrote down your roles and no I didn't write them you down. didn't I didn't write anything down because like your stuff is Jordan's like sh- your role has shifted a lot in the lot la- in two years so I'm really just trying to figure out what what's going on here. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, I, 
I'm not the kind of person who can just like jump into something without like a lot of background information or feeling very prepared for it. So I think a lot of times, like for me, it was just like dipping my toe into the different areas that your brand is. And I guess I really didn't appreciate this when I started, but coming from like corporate structures or accounting and operations where there's like very rigid guidelines and structure to a world that's like the wild west where like literally anything can go and you can like do whatever you want has been and still is like a is a shock to my system and honestly not like a world that i thrive in at the moment in in a lot of ways like i've 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 figured out ways to sort of operate in it but it's definitely still difficult like for my mind to like process that you know, anything goes and you can more or less build something if you want to build it. But like my roles over the years, I would say is more of like the operational person behind the scenes, either like helping you in the things that you mentioned, mostly like in content creation, or if it's like your blog, like learning, like how to use WordPress and then helping you in different areas there. Um, I've become a great video editor, which I never thought I would be doing. And there's just like a lot of like day-to-day stuff that... I don't think you're doing a good job explaining what you do. Because like the first part, like you don't do any content creation. No, I didn't say do any content. I said, you said helping me with content creation. But like what do you... Oh, like just like prepare, like help you in the kitchen. Like if it's... And this you used to, and I used so. to do a lot more of this before I think I had other like things that took up that time, but it used to be like helping you prepare all of the ingredients. And then uh, I used to help you shoot the videos. And then I think we realized that that just, I know, but I just like, think that you explaining all that is like very confusing because it's not accurate. Like, so when Jordan first started with me, we've tried a lot of things to see like what he wants to do and like what you actually do. So at first he like loves to cook. So you were helping me a lot in the kitchen, which lasted for like probably like a year or so. But like yeah, but you and I are very different in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Cause Jordan like has to perfectly cut an onion and I just like flail my hands and hope for the best. But you haven't helped me in the kitchen in months. Like you'll help me clean up the kitchen. Like when I make an abominable mess, which I very much appreciate. But, you know, we've tried you helping me shoot video. We've tried helping you, you helping me with the content creation. And to be honest with you, it's just too much together time, like to be in the kitchen all day, like from basically 10 until 3.30 with your husband and then like sit down together at the same time in the office. Yeah. Wasn't the best use of our time. I was going to say, I don't think it like, I don't think it made the and process it. any better. It did. As someone who's in the kitchen now by themselves, it definitely did because there's well, certain things. I that think take when I was, time. but then I was helping you like prep everything ahead of time. Like I that's was, what like, was, that's what was more helpful oh, for me. Like, all right, I can still do no, it. No, if see, you want. that's you're just so he's just like so agreeable, and it's like no, like this is where you have to sit. Like, this is not the best use of your time. You need to be doing other things. I know, but so, if, but if. But if that frees up your time, then then it could be more yeah, valuable. Yeah, could, but also like whatever. We're gonna we can agree Anywho. to disagree. So so yeah, that was like a big part when we first started, and now it sort of transitioned away from that. But you know, why don't you say what you currently do? So like, so I think hi. our biggest, my biggest focus is to date in the last couple of months have been building out a new newsletter that we're launching hopefully yeah, next plug it. week. Plug it, plug it. We're going to do basically provide like 
five-ish recipes a week to like help feed you and your family so you don't have to think about like oh man what do i have to cook this week um which is like honestly rachel and i's like biggest dread is always just trying to figure out like what our us and our three kids will eat in one or two like like, like make one or two meals that'll feed us for like a couple of days or something like that you're gonna get delivered into your inbox five yeah. recipe ideas on like what the f to make for you and your family that week so it's almost the evolution of my instagram stories of like the which i forgot to be doing for the last like six months after i had cooper but like when i share five to six recipes to make this week it's gonna be like that but in a newsletter form that gets delivered straight to your inbox and it's going to have just more specific info, like the ingredients that you need, like it's just a lot easier than doing it only on Instagram stories. So Jordan's been helping me build that out and like converting my newsletter list that I've had for eight years that I've never sent a newsletter to um, because we think that there's a lot of value in having a newsletter. So he's been doing a lot of the back end of that and really learning Like you took a course on like how to run newsletters, like what that looks like. And he's really been spearheading that. You know, when you look at someone and you're like, wow, they are glowing. What is their secret? And I can I please be let in on this ASAP? Well, recently I felt that way about my friend and I called her to see what the beep she was doing. And she says to me, Rachel, you've got to try the collagen that I'm taking. It has changed my life. Now, I thought that liquid collagen sounded really gimmicky. It was overhyped, but I figured, hey, why not give it a whirl? Worst case, it doesn't work and I don't need to take it anymore. Well, fast forward to a month later, and I am shook over the results. And if my mom, who tells me I look tired after I get a full night of sleep, is telling me that I have a glow from this, I'm not kidding you, you know it is legitimate. Now, the key here with taking liquid collagen is the consistency, like most things in life. Two times a day, every day, for they say at least three months. The average person sees results after three months of consistently taking it. I did after three weeks, so I can't even imagine what I will see in three months. I'm taking liquid collagen over powder for a few reasons because this question comes up all the time. Number one, it's easier for me to incorporate this into my daily life over powder. I take two tablespoons at the same time every single day. I don't have to mix anything. It's just drinkable. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink smoothies. So I stopped using collagen peptides because it was so hard for me to incorporate that into my diet. I also learned that powder has a 30% absorption rate and liquid has a 90% absorption rate. So that really won me over. I'm linking to the collagen that I'm taking in the show notes. You get 10% off with my link plus more if you subscribe and save. It makes the most sense to do the subscription for two reasons. Number one, you need to give this three months to even know if it's going to work. So if you don't subscribe to it, then you're going to have to keep ordering after the 30 days because one order, like two bottles of it are for 30 days. I use the skin variety and I love it. It has a subtle taste of berry and it's really easy to drink. If you have any questions on this, let me know. I'm happy to answer them. And if you want to order it, you can find the link to my collagen over in the show notes. And now let's dive back into today's episode. Um, we've also realized that your community is really interested in like products that you use like for yourself or with our kids. And um, so we've really been trying to like build out like our Amazon presence, um, which I've been trying to spearhead. But as a as a male trying to help Rachel with some of those ideas, sometimes it's not. Well, so easy. we recently I learned that like some influencers make a shit ton of money on Amazon 
through their affiliate program. And I felt like we weren't maximizing that. I left dinner with a friend who is also in this space and she was saying how someone makes like six figures a month on Amazon. Guys, six figures per month on Amazon by like linking to things that you like love or are trying or like use for your children. And I got like sick to my stomach because I we use stuff from Amazon, like Amazon's at my house four to five times a day. And when we started looking into this, like Jordan's super analytical. So he does a lot of like the analytics and like the back end thing. I'm not analytical. So like he can analyze something until his eyes bleed, which would take like 10 years. <laughs> I can't analyze something for more than 30 seconds without getting bored. So he does a lot of things like Pinterest, scheduling Facebook, like a lot more like anything that's like analytical. Well, that's like, well, those are more like operational, like any of it's that back end operation stuff. Potato, yeah. potato. Then you also do a lot of like the back end stuff for great shit and all of our investments. Right. So, so I, I spend a lot of time there if that's like meeting with brands or trying to look at different categories within like the better for you food and beverage space. Um, so just really like building our network of, of people and brands and like, you know, ultimately finding more and more investments. But I think like you, you and I definitely split the time. Well, I wouldn't say split the time. I probably do more time. Definitely do more shit. time yeah, with great shit. For sure. But I think you have like a really good barometer. It's like, what's a good brand? What's a good, like, what's a good product that consumers would want? Like, I just think you have like a really good space for that. And then I well, have like a really good analytical. Side I would say like per week, like you probably have like five to 10 calls a week with perspective people to invest with or like brands that we've spoken to that like want to like fill us in on like what the latest is. And you do spend a lot of time, which I think is important to both of us getting to know these companies because like just because we say no to a brand at this moment in time doesn't mean that we would in a few years or just because we aren't interested in that category. Like our goal with great and for those of you who don't know what great shit is, it is our venture capital fund that Jordan and I launched a year and a half ago. We raised $2 million from friends, family, followers, like family offices, anyone and not anyone, but you know what I mean? Um, and then on behalf of them and our own money, we're then investing that into quote, better for you companies. So we've invested in seven Sundays after being obsessed with their cereal for so long. Um, Ryan snacks, um, some go nanas. And that arm of the business is like, I don't want to say it's like entirely different than my website, like rachelmansfield.com, but like it kind of is, but there's also so much synergy. So I would say with great shit, I'm like 30% and Jordan 70%. And he does a lot of the like daily stuff for that. I also come on as like an advisor for a lot of these companies that we invest in. So like, that's where that comes into play for me. But great shit is definitely, I think like a huge part of like the evolution of our brand overall. So he does a lot of the back end stuff for that, like analyzes the companies to like, and that is where your background in finance comes in handy of analyzing these brands. What else did we miss in terms of like our roles? I think that's it. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, that's more or less it in a, in a nutshell. I think so. Okay. I don't know if we did, we did, we didn't. Okay. Is Rachel the boss or is it an equal partnership? Uh, Rachel is most definitely the boss not that i think she i mean i think she likes the title but i don't think she wants to be the boss all the time i think she's just too too exhausted the thing that's hard 
I, I, she told Ezra the other day that she has four children. I tell every, I tell a lot of people I have four children. You're just not usually there. And like, I don't say that with disrespect. Like, it's just like the truth. And I think that unfortunately it is, or fortunately or someone wants to view it. It's the truth for a lot of marriages. So I'm definitely more of like the alpha figure in our relationship. I mean, and I, you don't agree. I think no, no, you I, pulled I our friends. I, I, I think that, I don't think that makes sense in this in this context but what do you talk is rachel the boss or is it equal partnership do you think in our in our working life and in our personal life do you think that i am the boss do i make more of the decisions basically and have full control um shocked that you're hesitating work yes life I mean, I just think that you're more decisive, so you want to making decisions, but like and proactive and proactive, but like that does, and I, and I'm fine with that, but I'm not like saying like I couldn't make somebody the boss if someone is compliant. And yeah, but I don't. Makes think, the decisions. All right, whatever. Sure, go ahead. It's not go ahead. It's true. I think of it if you pulled ten of our friends and family, maybe nine out of ten would agree that I'm the boss of ours in work and personally. I don't like, or they would say that I wear the pants in our relationship, have you, have you which is that, not something that I take pride in. It's really not. It's something I'm very insecure about. Have you what? seen that TikTok where it's like, uh, they, they have like a voice, the voiceover is like a comedian talking about how he's like the assistant, he's the assistant manager of the family no. and the wife's the manager of the family. It's really funny. Yeah. It's, it's, and so like with that, it comes so much struggle from my perspective because I feel like the entire weight of our lives is like on me because I'm the boss of like what you and I both do on a day to day basis to support our livelihood in our lives. Then I am like the social planner and plan, like boss of our personal lives. Like every time you go out to dinner with friends, go out for a play date with our kids, go on vacation, do anything. 95% of the time that is from yours truly. So it's a lot of pressure for someone. And like, I grew up in a house though, that my parents are like equally very opinionated and like more dominant. And then there's no saying that what something is right and something is wrong. But it definitely because of like me feeling like I have to take full control over being the boss. Well, that's the thing. You you feel like you have to, but like. Because if I didn't suggest like, hey, let's go to Nashville or like, hey, let's go to the Mayflower Inn at the end of September or hey, let's go on the Disney cruise. We would never go away. We would never do anything. If I didn't say, hey, let's start this thing with work. Let's start a venture capital fund. Let's start investing. Who would make those? Who would think of those ideas, Jordan, if I didn't? It's not that I feel like I have to. It's unfortunately for me at this moment in my life, I do have to, which is like takes a toll on someone mentally and, and me physically. So it's not because I have, to, it's not because like I want to, or like it, I like have to, because we wouldn't do anything if I didn't, if I didn't suggest it. And that is something that Jordan is going to be working on because he's looking at me and is I know that based off of your face, you know that I'm right because you have never suggested I mean, I just, anywhere. I wouldn't have the podcast going in this direction. Why? It's not going in this direction. But like okay. this is something that like is important for people to understand because if someone is looking at a lens on social media, like the people that I follow, I look at their families and I'm like, wow, that like 
they really have their shit together. Like they probably don't fight. It's like, no, everyone fights and everyone bickers. And there's always something in every marriage and relationship that doesn't look as like rosy colored. So I think it's important for people to know that like, it's not, oh my God. Now the next topic, do you go to couples therapy? (laughs) (laughs) This is our free session right now. You go to couples therapy. Do you want, do you want to answer that? We have in the past, and then it never turns into actual couples therapy. It just turns into <laughs> Jordan's therapy. <laughs> so we've, we've spoken to, we spoke to a therapist who we actually really enjoyed. I, I do miss her, but I think she was running an illegal um, therapy business. She used like, t- it was our first time ever trying therapy, the, the two of us. And we would talk to her via like video call. This is during, during the pandemic. It was actually before you started working with me. Yeah, it was before we had before we had Brody because we remember being like, "Oh, we're gonna have a second kid. Like, we should probably go to couples therapy in case we run into any like issues." And we wanted to be like proactive about it. So we hire a therapist. We see her for like a year. She was very expensive. She was expensive. very expensive, but she was great. Like, I loved her. Um, but then she like was kind of like like grimy like she like raised her rate and then wanted us to like pay that rate for like our session that was like retracted like that we didn't yeah, know she, about the rate change she texted us after a session was like oh by the way my rates just went up so the new rates like <laughs> three something. x y and, I was like, and z what and we're like all right so going forward that's fine and she's like no it would have to be for this one and we're like uh, okay, we'll think about it. And she's like, well, I have a very long wait list. No, so. no, then she, she only also only took Venmo. And I remember being like, okay, well, we don't know if we're going to be able to continue this. And we didn't. But during those sessions, like 45 minutes of them were about Jordan. And then we found another couples therapist that was seeing us. And then, and we saw our first for like over a year. And then we saw someone else. And I remember like you saying to the new therapist, like, we don't want this to only be about me. This is the point of this is couples therapy. Cause like you felt bad that I would like sit there and we started seeing someone else. And then the same thing happened. It would be the whole session and it was all about Jordan. And like, that's fine. If Jordan needs a full session to talk to a therapist, like that is the point of therapy to talk about your feelings and what's going on. But as someone who like lives with Jordan and is in the trenches of his feelings and thoughts and like, like, I already know it almost made me call me selfish, call me whatever, more resentful because I was like listening. I was allocating an hour of my time every single week to listen to your problems. And it was like, I kept saying to myself, like, I got my own fucking problems. Like why? And you that, felt bad. That was, it was not my intention. For no, that I know. And I really, I, I appreciated that. And you felt bad. So we stopped seeing couples. We stopped going to couples therapy. Long story long. We stopped going to couples therapy. And then now Jordan sees someone. And then I just started seeing someone last week. So I'm excited. Do you keep your marriage and work separate? How? I mean, no. But also like your brand and business is sort of your life. So it's kind of like hard to do like a true separation. So I, I I would say no to that. And like, I'm definitely more for like, let's turn our, I mean, I'm much easier to turn my brain off for like some time to like recoup. Like I need that. And Rachel's not like that. Well, maybe she doesn't need it, but she she doesn't. And um, no, it's like my weakness. And I, I, it, it's hard because, 
like we could be going for a walk on a Saturday and like next thing you know, we're just talking about work. Don't bring up walks on the weekends with you and I right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't go on walks anymore. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, so short answer is no, it's, it's not easy. We, yeah. And I also do think that be because of like what we do for a living, it just makes it even harder. Um, uh, what is one thing you wish you knew? What is one thing you wish you knew about me before we started working together? And then you could ask me. What's one thing I wish I knew about you and working? Like before we started working together, what's one thing you wish you knew about me? Shoot, I should have thought about this beforehand. I don't know. I, I, I guess I always knew you were a very intense person, but you're a very intense person. <laughs> like she will argue or stand her ground to the fucking inch of anything like like if you ask for if, if you ask for an inch you better you better pay for that inch <laughs> yeah that's it that i'm intense not well not only intense but like you are very set in your way and you will only deviate from that if there is like a extreme case that proves otherwise I think that's called stubborn. <laughs> like, um, I think that's the one that's stubborn. Yeah, I guess you are yeah, very stubborn. I'm very stubborn. So one thing I wish, I'll ask myself, one thing I wish I knew about Jordan is that he's extremely compliant. <laughs> you didn't know that beforehand? You know, you're extremely <laughs> compliant. I knew oh. you're always compliant, but very compliant and more reactive than proactive. Like he'll do, like I could ask Jordan to do anything and he will nod his head yes and say, and like, help me get it done. But he's not going to be like, he's not going to tell me no. I told you no yesterday when you told me to take that fucking video of the, of the, of the vacuum. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Well, you said, you just, you just said five minutes ago, you're spearheading Amazon and you sent me a link to post a vacuum and no content to post. So I actually think you deserved that question. But that's besides the point. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And I think because of like, there's specific people that could put me in my place. And unfortunately at times, Jordan is just not that person. The only people that could put me in my place are my mom, my dad, and Ezra. And I think that's something that it truthfully, we have to work on in our marriage in order to succeed because I think it's important to have someone to put me in my place. And I'm actively interviewing life coaches to help with that. Like, oh, my, my, my isn't career, isn't a career coach, career slash life coach. They like uh, do everything. I need someone that's like, you know, like a wholesome three, 360, 360. Yeah. Face. And like, while I am like a very intense and stubborn human, like those aren't things I'm like proud of. Like those are things I want to work on, but like, it's something that, you know, it is, it is what it is. My business is my everything. You know, the business that I built pays our mortgage. It pays for two cars. It pays for our childcare. It pays for school. It pays for everything that we do. So yeah, I'm intense and yeah, I'm stubborn because just, I feel like I have to be sometimes. So someone said their husband, so husband and I both work from home and for the same company. How do we not get sick of each other? I recommend so it depends what you do, but like for us, we work together and we're together most of the day. 
I always go for a walk in the morning to get out of the house so that I know that I have at least an hour to myself. I also take like reformer Pilates one to two times a week. So I like my point being is that having an hour plus away from your spouse slash partner, I think could be really beneficial. I also have been doing more like dinner plans and things with friends. I started a book club. I read the book. And I'm going to dinner tonight, actually. And just doing things that aren't with your spouse is really important if you work together and are married. And I will not saw it, and then you could totally um, say your thoughts, of course. But for example, this last week, past weekend, I took Ezra and Brody to the zoo with my friend and her two kids. And the only reason why Jordan didn't come is because I told him not to come because my friend Jess's husband wasn't coming. And my point being is that it's really important to have time apart. My parents have been together for, I'm 33, for 36 years. My dad traveled a lot in his career. And I think a huge key to their successful marriage and relationship was time apart. The, so chance, to, the chance to miss each other. Yeah. Like Jordan and I don't have a chance to miss each other. And so I think, how do you not get sick of each other? Find a way to miss each other. Like Jordan, when he when he's going to golf tomorrow for like six hours, it's going to be the greatest part of my week because when he comes home, I'll genuinely be excited to see you. <laughs> we'll we'll have like a we'll have like a little powwow after that to to confirm or, or deny. I think you took the question like further than what they're asking. I thought they meant like in the work setting. I don't. But what my point is that it's oh, impossible. it has to be for that. Yeah, but I mean, if they just work for the same company, they could definitely just have like physical boundaries, like work in separate working yeah. spaces. I think would definitely be like the easiest option when they actually like work for the same company. Um, but yeah, I do agree with like having the time to do things by yourself. And I think you, you brought up a good word, boundaries. And I think that's even the next question is like, yeah. what boundaries do you set, if any? And I think where you and I didn't do a great job at the onset of this was setting boundaries of if it's, you know, work-related stuff or family-related stuff, like when you can and can talk about it or, you know, just setting up like better guardrails, which would like honestly be... Well, I've tried doing for that me. during the like six to seven thirty window. Yes, I know. But I, I, yeah, that's like no phone, and I mean, we both do like a fine job of that. Even though you're going to tell me that I look at my phone, but like more or less ninety five percent of the time I don't. Well, that's because like having a phone on a table, even if it's face down, like you don't think is triggering. To me, it's triggering. Like lately, I've been keeping my phone upstairs in our bedroom, so that way when I take Cooper up at seven, that's when I get it. Right, and, and you're like, like, oh, Jordan, can I have your phone to take a picture? <laughs> So go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, leave your phone upstairs so you could use mine. But I'm not using it to like check my email. Right, but you're using it to take a picture so you could then use it for work down the road. But you know, yeah, because like sometimes it's really good content. Okay, that's fine. Then then you have then you have to live with that. But don't tell me that you that you put this rule in and then just use mine. It's just good. Have no boundaries. You suck. Don't literally don't ask for advice. Rachel, wait, didn't you meet someone the other day that asked if, if their husband should join their, their business and you said no? Yesterday. Yes, I don't have the nails on. I'm like, no, don't recommend it. Um, or you want to ask the next one? 
Um, is there more of a pressure to provide now having a joint job? Yes. I mean, Rachel's like very adamant on the yes, but it's like she was making a lot more money than I was like when I was in a different career. So like I I understand the feeling and I understand it more now not having like a consistent paycheck, but like you were making a lot more money than I was and still are. So, so the answer to this question is Jordan does not feel more pressure to provide now. And I feel so much pressure to the point where I'm having a, literally a mental breakdown almost every single day. So I think that Jordan and I are just in very different head spaces, which like, I feel like I keep saying like, there's no right or wrong headspace, but I have immense pressure at this point where like I'm physically and mentally breaking because I keep, like I looked at our kids the other, when we were driving back from Hershey Park and I looked at the back and I don't know what made me think of this, but I'm like, holy shit, in like 12 years, we're going to have to get like two to three extra cars. That's going to be like four car payments a year. And then we're going to have four, we're going to have three bar mitzvahs and all of the spending for their sports and all these things. And I'm like, well, currently we, and I, and I want to move into a larger home in a few years. That's like in the town over the taxes are going to triple the house payments going to triple the lawn maintenance is going to triple. Like, how am I going to do this? Am I setting this up for success? How are we going to afford this life? How am I going to live the life I want to live? I want to travel. I want to do all the things. I feel pressure every day. Like my kids go to a private Jewish preschool and it costs, you know, a year of some college tuition for some like, and yes, we put ourselves in this town, in this area, in this situation. And I fully recognize that. And yeah, I have a lot of hustle to like provide to have that life. But I'm like quickly realizing how much pressure I have on myself to do that. And it's something that like is a lot for me at this moment in time. So I feel so much pressure because I fully recognize that the decisions that I'm making today for my business impact the life that I'm going to live with my family. So I'm constantly thinking ahead to the point where that is a weakness of mine because I have, I, I do not know how to live in the present. It's a huge struggle for me, but I'm always living in the future. So I'm like, oh my God, if I'm not constantly on and performing and making money, how am I setting us up for success in the future? to live the life I want to live. And like I've said to my, I talk about this with my parents probably way too much, but I'm not someone who's just like sitting there expecting things to be handed to like nice things to be handed to on a silver platter. Like I'm out there like grinding my ass to make it happen. And that's great. But it scares me at the same time that like everything that we do is because of my business. And because of the decisions I make, I feel like I'm just having this like moment of wow, like a wow moment of everything that we pay for. Like we have a full-time nanny in addition to the private, like there's just so many things. And I'm not someone who wants to like sacrifice certain things. Like I, I, we do live below our means at this moment in time. And that's something that my parents taught me at a very, very young age. And I will forever be thankful to them for that. 
So it doesn't scare me that we can't afford the life that we live, that that's not what I'm trying to say. It just scares me how much pressure I put on myself to live the life I want to live, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think that's like the definition of anxiety now, like to be worried about these yeah, things in the future. massive anxiety. That's why I started with a therapist. I start, I'm starting with a life coach. I'm interviewing so many life coaches right now. It's so, it's wonderful. Everyone that I've met has been amazing thus far. Um, but I'm so new to the life career coach thing that I'm taking my time, like interviewing someone to make sure it's like the right fit. So, so Ra- Rachel, that's my rampage. Rachel worries about the future. And then my therapist tells me that I am too much in the present, not enough in the future. Yeah, so we're the yin-yang. Maybe that's why we're the yin-yang. We are yin-yang. But do you think that the yin-yang relationship is always, like, do you think that, like, could you imagine, could you imagine being with someone that is, like, you're, it's like yin-yang, and I was, like, yang-yang? Like, could you imagine being with someone like that? Um. No, like, I'm very grateful that we don't have the same personality. That's for for damn sure. I think, I mean, in a perfect world, I would look to you for the inspiration to do things more so for the planning of the future. And then I think the reverse would be for you to like come back to my level of being like, enjoy what you have right now. Like stop worrying so much about what is going to happen in five to 10 years, because 10 years ago, you had no clue that this would have been the path that you would have been on. No. Five years ago, maybe maybe the same thing. But 10 years ago, when I looked to the future, I always said, like, I want to be successful. And I know, like, what the definition of that is loaded. But, like... No, I, I, I know. But 10 years ago, this was... What you're doing was not even a career path, so... No, but I always was thinking, like, what am I going to do to make money? Like, what am I going to do to provide for a family? Like, when you made more money than I did, like, I didn't like that. And I didn't let, not like that because... I just will always want to be equal providers. That's just something that I've always wanted to be with my spouse is like making the similar amount of money. So I think that like, it's just, it's, it's always been an issue of mine, even in high school, like where are we going to come to college? Like when I'm in college, what am I going to do? Like I'm always thinking of the future. That's like when you're on vacation, you start talking about all the next vacation you want to take. Well, that's because my mom and dad, because every single time we're on a way, they're like, where are we going next year? So that was a lot. I think that's probably the most vulnerable I've got on the podcast in a while. So there, there you have it. Um, do you feel like we miss anything with like work? I think people's ears are bleeding. My head is spinning. Okay. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, the next topic is parenting. All right, here we go. How was how, you go ahead. How was working together benefited parenting? I actually have to say this, this might be one of the, best things that's come out of us working together. Um, not only because pre-pandemic, like I used to just see Ezra on the weekends um, with with my work schedule, like never being home during the week. Um, so I think that's been really nice. But I think something you and I actually do really well of is both being equal parents in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I think we're, I just ditto everything you said. So like physically, um, physically both being here has been great but also we tagged we get to tag team for me with concentration it's very difficult but that's a different story yeah yeah it's a it's because it, when jordan worked at a job like it was all on me of like our nanny called out or ezra needed to go to the doctor and 
you have to remember like I while he worked in an office like I did have a job that like is a little bit more demanding in the sense where like no one's covering for me for like an hour and a half or a full day and then I would like eat shit later that day and I was quote the breadwinner in our relationship so like that was really hard for me so I think that that's like actually a huge benefit for us like you said what kind of parenting do you practice (laughs) or do we practice I wasn't laughing at that I was laughing because um, I mean, we have three boys with right now very different personalities, but none of them really do well with the whole gentle parenting thing. Um, but I think based off of Ezra's personality, he kind of needs, like he has, he has a lot of emotion. I think his emotions need to be seen. I think we've actually spoken to some people about it and want to have people on the podcast about it to like better understand how to parent different personalities. So I don't know what our like thing is, but I'd say we're either. we're fairly structured, but like, like let our, like I think a big focus of ours is like letting our kids like have a say and make decisions and be seen, be heard. Like I'm doing everything in my power. And I know Jordan is as well as to like, raise our children to make their own decisions, make sure their opinions and feelings are heard. But, you know, if our children aren't listening, like Ezra is almost, he's four and a half. He's going to be five in January. And if he does something that like, he know we, he knows he's not supposed to do, like we don't just say, I understand that, you know, that, you know, not, you're not supposed to do that. But like next time, please don't do like, no, we we say it very stern and we're going to go into, we're going to have a podcast episode next year on this, which I'm excited about. So we'll talk more about that there. Yeah, but definitely how, setting, setting boundaries. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's the next question. How do you set boundaries slash solve conflicts as parents and partners? I think you and I fortunately do see eye to eye on parenting. Like we don't argue about parenting, which I think a lot of couples do is they don't, agree on like the parenting style and for most part like jordan's a lot more like lax than i am and he's not a lax parent at all but like i'm more like for example brody's screams when you shut the door when he naps and you like lock it where so on the weekends like i make sure to use the child lock thing to shut the door and jordan will no no you're laughing. Jordan will leave the, the door wide you, open. When was the last time you put Brody down well, for a oh, nap? At one o'clock while my nipple is in Cooper's mouth. It's not because I'm sitting there getting a pedicure. Um, Cooper naps, whatever. The boys are like, we try to get their schedule somewhat synced. Um, Jordan like won't leave the door open because like Brody like, will leave the door open because Brody asks him to. And like, if I were putting him down for a nap, I'd be like, no, the door is going to be closed because otherwise... You walk around well, and you I don't try, listen. I tried for like a couple of days to see if if he could still take a nap without the door closed, and he failed. So now he doesn't get it anymore. Yeah, like, after I, I, I lost it. Like I want to give, I but I know, but I try to give him the option and say, yeah, the two-year-old okay, the option. See. Yeah. So like Jordan's just a little bit more like, okay, like let's give it a try. And I'm like, I know he's going. This is going to backfire. Like let's not do this. Um, and then he woke up Cooper, and it was just it was a disaster. But anyways. How is the day divided between the two of us when not working, caring for the kids? So I guess we'll take it like a weekend. So Saturday and Sunday. How is the day divided? Oh, Rachel needs her walk. I go for a walk every Saturday and Sunday morning by myself. And we used to take the kids. Now it's just 
Impossible. Jordan would like ruin the walk because it was so stressful, which it was really stressful. But like we'd have to stop every like five minutes to get the refill their snack cups. And like rightfully so, like my kids do not want to sit in the stroller for a walk. Like I get it. Like I, I probably didn't either at that age. And then understandably so, Jordan was like miserable because he had to push them and I pushed Cooper and it just, it didn't work. So Coop, I nap, I walk when Cooper naps. Um, and then something that like I'm really trying to do more of and push Jordan and I to do more of is actually dividing things between the kids where we do almost everything together. And I think that that's like great for the camaraderie and like family time and blah, blah, blah. But we don't need to do that all day. So when I took Ezra and Brody just to the zoo, where Jordan was like very adamant on coming, he got to spend time with Cooper and took him to like the hardware store. He got to do a a task around the house and we're trying to be better at dividing time with the kids. Um, But I'm- I'll I'll take Cooper. You take the other two. Set. I came I, home. I love that. Zoo. I, I love that. So thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much. I was so <laughs> pushing, Did I say you were stubborn? Pushing a hundred pounds You're of child stubborn. around the zoo. I was like, and it was so hot. Jess and I were like losing it. I'm like, I can't. Um, yeah, we try to do more. And but typically I am with Cooper more because I breastfeed and and also Ezra and, and Brody, like they they know that you'll play better with them. Like they know I'll play better with them because I'll actually play with them. <laughs> I, who was throwing balls and hitting baseball bats? Have you okay. ever seen that me was hit like, a baseball that bat? That was four weeks ago. You can't keep using the same. Well, it was day. a good time. A good time. Yeah. See, you should do it more often. And then children duty. While we talk, let's talk about bedtime. So, well, the last yeah, we should talk about bedtime. To, no. Yeah, we should talk about so bedtime. Our nanny leaves at six. Great segue. Cooper gets a bottle at six, and I pump at six. So Jordan gives Cooper the bottle. The la- and the last few nights have actually been great because I've been helpful with bedtime for Ezra and Brody, which we'll get to. Co- Cooper gets a bottle at six as we like eat. Our- Jordan and I eat our dinner, and I, I pop my boobs. I haven't been able to eat dinner with him lately. Well, I'm sorry. If you can have milk come out of your nipples and they get tangled, then that's fine. So he does that, and then like around when it's time to put Cooper down, we trade. I prepare Cooper for bedtime. Like, put his diaper on, tell him a story, hug it's a, him, it's a three kiss him. It's a wonderful, wonderful bedtime. And I also just really love holding Cooper because I know that it's like our last baby and I enjoy it. Then the older two go to bed. Well, we've been trying to do like 7.15, but like we start the process around 7, 7.15 right after Cooper. Jordan brushes both of their teeth because I don't have the physical endurance to hold Brody down to two brushes teeth. They have this new thing where I have to carry them upstairs and they fight who's going to be first. It's so it's literally like a battle royale. Yeah, it's a lot, and like I can physically carry Brody, but like Ezra is probably fifty plus pounds, so like I can't. Ezra's going to be carrying you soon. Yeah, I, I can't carry him up the steps. So Jordan carries him up the steps. I actually brush my teeth usually the same time as the kids. And I can't physically brush Brody's teeth because you have to pin him down, and it's it's a it's it's a lot for me to do. Um, oh, and it's, and it's enjoy, and it's a lot. You wait, you have more strength than I do, and then I. What help. about your Pilates class? Did you getting jacked up over there? Oh, whatever. And then Jordan puts Brody's pull up on, Ezra, and they make their peepees. They put the pull up on, and usually 
Jordan has been doing their bedtime, like telling them a story, singing them a song, like whatever they're dictating that night. I come in, give them a kiss. But this week, I don't know if you've noticed, I come in and I've been helping and joining for those moments because why are you laughing? It's true. She just like strolls in. She's like, here I am. I put Who wants me? And I lay in each of their beds for a few minutes and I read them a story and I cuddle with them. And also, so that people don't think I'm just like not doing it because I'm lazy. As soon as they, I kiss them goodnight, it's because I go downstairs with my laptop and I finish up all of the work that I have to do with the rest of the night. I understand that you have more work too, but as we know, I am the more like, you know, I do have more on my plate than you do in terms of specific deadlines. My coordinator wanting to hear from me. Like there's things, there's a lot more that's like other people are waiting on for me, if that makes sense. So that is why I wasn't doing bedtime as much for the older two. So that's my spiel. Um, you weren't doing bedtime with the older two because when we had Cooper, I basically just started doing bedtime. And then since then, I've basically only been doing it. Yes, because when they go to bed, that's when I start working. And then I get an extra fit. Because if I was doing bedtime, and this is like a dumb topic, so we can stop talking about this after this. But like, if I was doing bedtime by it, myself. It would be like a in 45 out, second In and procedure. out in five minutes. Jordan's in there putting on a theatrical performance, which is fine. But that's why they want you to do it. Because they know that mommy's in there. She reads one story, sings one song, and she's out. Daddy's in there. He's like doing puppets. And they, they appreciate that. So I think that what you're doing is really nice for our children. And you should look at it as a as a good thing i know i i don't i do look at it like a good thing but i asked you the other day for help you i did like, help you and i've been you, actually, know, you didn't even ask me i started going in huffing, there after a little huffing, and puffing. i didn't huff and puff i did this on my own that's actually false so you need to retract that comment you no, asked me for I, help brushing not, brody's teeth i said absolutely not oh i said absolutely not I, not with bedtime no i needed your help uh, we both needed to physically hold him down to get to, to brush his teeth i know it's getting quick. too hard it's too hard. Um, I feel like we answered number five, the splitting up, like, it's yeah. like the same thing. I don't want to get repetitive. Tips on... Resenting. Oh, it's a typo. Okay, tips on resenting your husband during the newborn phase. I'm a first-time mom feeling awful. All we do versus significant others. How to create more equality without guilt. You want to tackle this? Yeah. Um, I think what we did well was we did a lot of the things together and we talked about it before the baby came as like who would do what. I know this is kind of hard as a first timer because you don't really know what your expectation, what the expectation will be or what the baby will need. But like, obviously I can't breastfeed a, a newborn, but I did help you at night, like change the diaper, get them back in the snoo. So I think just like laying it out and basically saying like, I need help. You need to do X, Y, and Z and finding a way to like tag team it, I think is is beneficial. Um, That's like one example, but I think if you could talk about it beforehand and sort of lay out some expectations and then just ask for help. I think that I'm very blessed though, where like you're, you have willingness to help. Like, I don't think that that's, more common it's more common that like the man has and this is like so sexist like come at me all you want but the man has to like go back to work and the woman is like taking care of her child like you had a paternity leave of 10 days 
for Ezra and Brody. Yeah, but Ezra, I used to be with up with him all night. No, I know that, but you're not, you're not letting me talk. Like, so even though your thing was 10 days, you were still so involved and helpful, which I don't think that other males do. They'll be like, oh, I have to get sleep. I have to go to the office tomorrow. Where like you were had willingness to help, which is something that's like a positive part of your personality. And like you wanted to be involved. So I think if you're partner doesn't want to be involved or is using excuses that's where it's like you need to be vocal about like how important it is to you to want them involved um because i think that otherwise you will be resentful and rightfully so like i would be too and then if your partner does want to help have them do things like diapers bath time um washing your pump supplies like anything that you don't have to do have them do it. And believe me, I feel like a lot of moms at first are like, so want to do everything for the newborn. You have like a lot of years and a lot of baths. You can give two baths a day if you want to do it yourself. There's many of diapers to be changed and you need to rest and like do things like be allow help and like, don't be a control freak. So I think it kind of depends on the, the dynamic of the relationship. Like I know plenty of my friends whose husbands like had no willingness to help with the newborn phase, which we didn't really have, you know, that like you were very helpful. Mm-hmm. I, people were like, Oh, are you getting a baby nurse? I'm like, no, I have Jordan. Like, and he's not doing what a baby nurse does, but like we were doing it together. So it made it like not all on me, which I really, really, really respect and appreciate. So that's a huge help. I mean, this, this episode loaded. I'm like hungry. Got to get your numbers up. <laughs> this is, this is a, this is a lot. So, I don't know. Hope you guys are still listening. If you are, thanks for making it this far. Um, if you think this podcast episode would be helpful for anyone, share it. If you think it would scare some people, don't share <laughs> I was going to say, I hope it would scare you. <laughs> but I'm I appreciate you guys listening. Kind of scared me. And Jordan, thank you for uh, joining, me on, joining me on this episode and chatting. Anything you want to say before we say bye-bye? No. Thanks for listening. <laughs>